with brian and susan <laughs> episode 28 the episode is titled spontaneous wishes we're talking reality television movies lifestyles and just happy to be here it is the middle of the summer in dallas texas no bs with brian and susan we have our own channel now we're on itunes spotify amazon all of the amazing places you can listen to shows. Listen to No BS with Brian and Susan. I'm Brian Kluger and I'm joined with the hostess, with the mostest, the person who I go through life with thinking about spontaneously combusting, Susan Stevens. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm excited. It's it's really hot in Texas. So I'm jealous of anyone who's not having to deal with this heat because I do not like it. I can't wait for winter. But but but, but let, let's talk about that for a second. It's mm-hmm. actually not that hot in Texas. Yes, it's hot, but it could be so much worse at this time of year. Like it should be in the triple digits, and it's not. It's all. It's only getting to like ninety to ninety-four degrees here, and that is amazing. You're right. Like especially in the evenings, you actually get a nice little cool breeze, and it, it's not so terrible. It's honestly the humidity that I just can't stand. Like we're just it's, we have this constant humid texture in our weather that won't go away until like November, maybe December if it hits. But um. You're right. Like, isn't it like California that's having this crazy uh, heat wave going on right now? Like, well, it's like it w- our weather. Yeah, it was Alaska. It was Montana. It was Canada. It was Seattle and Oregon. And now it's going. It's in California and then Death Valley. I read that it's going to be like 130 degrees there, which is insane. Oh my God. So for those listening, 130 degrees, the hottest temperature ever recorded in texas in in dallas was 113 degrees hottest temperature ever recorded was that was that when like just a few years ago because i remember we had a really like hot day i don't remember if it was a few years ago or if it was even since we've been alive but yeah the hottest temperature ever recorded was 113 now if it's going to be in death valley luckily it's the desert nobody's really living there but 130 degrees yikes it's crazy but here in dallas it's actually been fairly mild yes it's hot yes it's wet and moist and it's gross but that's because we're kind of near the gulf of mexico and all that gulf moisture from the ocean just picks up and comes right into dallas yeah and it's, it is, you're right. it's, and it's only 81 degrees it's like a lot of the temperature right now like for the rest of the week the the high is 93 which is crazy for middle of july yeah usually it's like 101 102 right. it's, all, <laughs> it's all hundreds i'm just seeing so I'll take it. We will take it. Yes. Uh, We've got all sorts of fun stuff to talk about today. We're going to be talking about our main event today is uh, spontaneously combusting. Um, And what we're going to think about that. I don't, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you why we're 
talking about that, but because it's, it's because of it's our blind watch uh, that we'll talk about later. Um, this movie came out last year called Spontaneous. Uh, we'll get to that, but first, of course, our segment on The Bachelorette happening right now, Katie Thurston's season. Uh, the last time we were with you uh, was the first episode. We talked about first impressions and the first impression rose, meeting the guys, and now there's been four episodes or five episodes. And we are back to talk about how things are going for Katie and who's come in, who's left, what's happening, how are the guys, stuff like that. So, Susan. Yeah, I'm trying to see what episode we are on because, yeah, it's been it's been a minute, but it's it's only been, yeah, we've seen, it's been five episodes. So, uh, yeah, I am surprisingly just really enjoying this season more than I thought I would. I think after Matt's season, I was very just disappointed with the franchise in general because I just it we went from a great season with Tasha to just going extremely backwards uh but I think so far Katie is navigating things really well there is one thing I was a little like cringy about which I'll get to um but for the most part I'm enjoying the guy's stories I'm enjoying her uh yeah, what what do you think of the season so far? So I like Katie. You know I like Katie. Uh, she's amazing. The thing that is weird to me right now, and maybe it's because I've only seen like three seasons of this show ever, but from what I've seen in the past to what's now, The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, um, they tend to like a few people that come in, you know, that part of the show. And then the others are just kind of lukewarm. With Katie, it looks like, and it seems like she's 150% into everybody. Yeah. I can't tell, I can't get a read because the people who I don't like, the people who I like, it seems like she likes them equally. She's constantly kissing them. Yo, yeah. I was like, what, what is happening? She's like falling in love with everyone, like equally. And I was like, this is going to be very difficult. Yeah, she's getting rid of people here and there. But they're the people that, you know, we don't really see on television too much. Um, but everybody else, like this group of guys that is on now on this fifth episode, she just seems like all these little one-on-ones or a little time with. She's like kissing all of them. She's loving all of them. She's like, I'm falling for you. And when she talks to the camera, she's say those exact things like oh i like him so much i was like oh my you're in there so i feel like that was different from like matt season and Tasha season and uh i'm trying to remember oh yeah I mean, well honestly ryan i think it is because you're a little bit of a newbie here with this show because that's very typical how it is um i mean because Tasha kind of did it too but uh you're supposed to, you know, keep the audience guessing and the show's going to edit it that way. They're not going to give us like, they're not going to make it clear as day who she likes. I will say, I think it's obvious. No, I think there's three people she likes, like for real, for real. I think there's three people she likes. I wasn't going to give like six that I really might like a lot, but I think there's like six like real strong contenders. Well, like there's, there's a very 
I will tell you a top three for sure. Like yeah, top no. three that's like, that she has only said those three. No, she's actually said four guys that she could see her um, ending this with. She did say four guys, but uh, I see three more. But I think that she's just being a good bachelorette and really giving each person her, um, like a chance. She's giving each person a chance. She's not, she's a kind I can't ever say this word, but carp. Oh man. Carp blanche. No, it's like carpen... <laughs> carpe diem. Seize the day. It's that thing when you like separate it all, like carpen mentalizing. I can't say. Oh. It. <laughs> I can't say it. It's like <laughs> it is. It's like my weak word. Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. And yeah, carp carpent. Car- yeah i can't say it either it's hard it's hard and is it the carpet i i can't say it but they the the bachelor leads always say it they and it's basically what they do to their relationships they know how to separate it all so that when they're with that person it does feel like oh my god i'm in love with this person but i mean she's at top 12 right now and i can tell you there is so many that even like hunter who she gave a group date rose to that she doesn't like him that much he's gonna go home like that's that was he showed her pictures of his kids and she thought it was sweet and she was like sure why not i still got so many guys he can stick around a little longer but he's not he's not even top six material like that i yeah yeah i don't i do not like hunter at all oh no no of course not well especially after this episode he just ruined it for himself well didn't seem like he did he ruined it for himself with the audience like the oh audience. yeah yeah and he went from being you know people probably really liked him and then he put a like a you know a, a what is it a, what is it dart on his back he's like a target a target oh my god i can't even think today yeah. <laughs> he put a target on his back he put a target on his back because he just was like nice and everything and then all of a sudden he was being all cocky and arrogant and like he's clearly trying to compensate for something and it's, it's not good. Uh, he's shown his competitive side. And uh, yeah, I, I am curious though, because something that was a little different this season, Katie has sent home Cody, Carl, and Thomas right away after she has heard like negative things. Like she, and most of the times the lead, they may take their word. Maybe they'll send one of those people home, maybe, or they'll just wait and see it out for themselves what do you think about her sending those like villains home right away after being almost like the the house voting on that practically? I mean, she has a goal. She seems legitimately wants to find her husband and soulmate and she is not going to take any shit and will get everybody out. She's been up front from the beginning and it seems like most of the guys are on her level as far as they want a wife, they they like her, they want to end up married or engaged at the end of the show. And for those who are not on that wavelength, they want to get them out. And so they've kind of have this camaraderie of, you know, they, they want to be honest with Katie because they saw her on the last season and how upfront and truthful and cool she was and getting that out. So they want to do the same thing for her and treat her with respect. So 
her making those decisions and sending them out uh it good for her you know that's yeah. i mean she she she's getting rid of the weed she's weeding the people out easily let them go i'm all for her the way she sent cody and carl home that was fine i did think the way she sent thomas home was probably a little unnecessary i cringed because i just thought like just don't give him a rose just send him home in that rose he didn't need to stay but i do think the house made him out to be a worse villain than he was like sure he was probably there to see if he could be the bachelor too and i don't think he really loved katie but I mean, I don't know if he needed to be called like a cancer and talk like he wasn't freaking Victoria, like Queen Victoria or anything. Right. He, he wasn't, wasn't given he wasn't given shit to the rest of the house or being mean. He just yeah. was he wanted to be the bachelor. He wasn't there for love, really. But he was a nice enough guy. But right. it seems like people knew him and he was telling lies or whatever. So I think they caught him on that. Thomas you know, put his foot in his mouth, like, because when they asked him, are, did you think about becoming the bachelor? Oh, yeah. All you had to say is no, I'm why? here for love. Like, why, why would, would you, you say that? It? And you know, the reason, you know, you got to think that's the producers, you know, because when mm -hmm. she called him up, held the rose up, and then she stood back, that's mm -hmm. producer shit right there. Oh, that's yeah. like, you know, because everybody's like, what? Mm -hmm. And then, and then he did it was great you know like that's television right there because i'm sure she wanted to get rid of him and they're like no, no no wait for the ceremony hold the rose up stand back show him the door well they and, were like yeah this is gonna be your uh powerhouse moment this is gonna be the moment that people are gonna be like applauding you and you're gonna show like and i already know she is like a woman who stands up for herself but i i don't know i just felt bad like when she was just like, what I found out about you is that you're unkind, you're a liar, you're manipulative and all this stuff. And I was just like, I actually felt bad for him. Cause I was like, man, I don't know. I don't think he was like a horrible guy. I think he wasn't there for the right reasons, but almost as much as probably someone else who's still in that group right now, who's not there for the right reasons. That's just probably better at hiding it. And, right. And that he he got like ripped apart on national television when he maybe didn't deserve quite that bad of a, like, I mean, there's, they, they, they keep referring it for my bachelor fans out there. I, I know, you know, about the iconic scene that Hannah Brown had with uh, Luke P when he came back and wanted, and she moved the rose stand. That was right. well deserved because Luke P is a freaking psycho on that show. I don't know what he's like in real life, but in that series, like he deserved that. But this was like, did Thomas deserve such a thing? I don't know. I, I thought it was a little harsh. Um, I'm glad he's gone, but I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have sent him home that way. Right, right. But, so but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I it it was definitely produced producer wise, but you know, it worked. It was funny. It was funny to see everybody's reaction to that. And because everybody was talking about it and it made for good television. I get it. Um, that was the goal. Yeah. The one thing I hated seeing and I don't like seeing is are these, you know, the bachelors and bachelorettes setting up or the producers setting up like these very um, physical activities where they have to fight each other or do something. Mm, and yeah, like my, my heart sank for Michael when he got injured. 
because he's one of the older ones uh, on the show. And I mean, they were playing that rugby basketball game and then that dickhead Hunter, you know. I don't just, think it was Hunter. I thought it was Justin. No, no, it was, but Hunter started it. You know, oh, yeah. he started Hunter like- started the aggression, yeah. Yeah, and it was uncalled for. And then that asshole, um, oh, what was his name? Uh, was it Ju- Justin? Justin. Well, I. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Justin. He didn't. He felt bad when he did it. He no, he should feel bad. I. If I were Katie, I would have sent him home right then and there. Like that was uncalled for because literally Michael was standing there still looking for somebody to pass, and Justin mm-hmm. comes right behind him, behind him, not in front, behind him, and lays into him like that. If I were Katie. I would have been like uncalled for. You're out. This is somebody you, you, I don't like you. You're out. <sighs> Absolutely. No, that was that. I mean, you would have been, that would have been a personal technical foul in a real game. Like that's uncalled for. You are passionate about this one. I just found it. I mean, I felt bad for Michael and I was happy Katie called the game and she was like, no more. But I don't like those challenges either. I'm just like, what is the point? Like, we've already watched them wrestle in the mud. Now we got to see him do this. Although I will admit it was Hunter that made it into, like, I don't think it was meant to be a physical, like. like no, it was supposed to be a fun little game of, you know, like, you know, getting the ball. Not, yeah, Hunter was the dickhead who just, like, went for it. And, like, no pads, no guards. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, and like, if I saw that happening, and I was in that game. I'm like, I'm, I'm out. Like, I'm, yeah, yeah I've, I'm not getting hurt for this. <laughs> I wouldn't want to get hurt either. Um, well, I have to ask, what are your thoughts on Blake coming back? All right, so I actually really liked Blake from Tasha's season. Yeah, <laughs> and I like Blake. He's, he's fun. He's, he's, he's a little awkward, but I like him. I like his awkwardness. Um, and him coming back, you know. Like I said before, if other people are coming in midway through or whatever, you know, they're there to be there. You have to have confidence in yourself. Um, And I think she did take some time to think about it. But, you know, it seems like she does like him. Like I said, she kind of likes a lot of people right now (laughs) equally. But Blake coming in, I like Blake. I think, you know, he has a better shot than most, but not uh as may, he's maybe in the top six i would say uh but not the top three or five um unless he pulls some stuff but oh i like blake i think he i think he liked claire i think well i think he liked claire somewhat and i think he really liked Tasha a little bit but um he must have really liked Katie on the season, like liked her. And I can see the appeal to Katie. Like I, I do. I, I think, you know, she's, she's very confident and very fun, funny and knows how to uh, have a good time and just, you know, unabashedly herself, which is, you know, what you, I think is great. Um, and she doesn't apologize for it. And so I think that, um, attracts a lot of people. And so I think Blake is a good addition to this. You know, he reached out and he's like, yes, I really want to. And it seems like Tasha has a lot of respect for him. And I think 
if the producers just brought him in on that, uh, she would have said no, but I think she respects, I think Katie respects Tasha enough to, you know, take her advice and I guess it's going well now. What about you? So I, I really like Blake. I, um, I liked him on, I remember when he came on Claire's, he was one of my favorite, but you know, there was nothing like Claire wasn't giving him anything. So it didn't really matter. I, so, and then in Tasha's, he just kind of faded in the background there. Like I was surprised he made it to like, as far as he did, but with Katie, I background story on them was that he actually messaged Katie way before she was even considered to be bachelorette after her first night, he loved her entrance with the vibrator uh-huh. and he messaged her on Instagram and just said like, Hey, like that was awesome. I really love that entrance. I really like what you're about, whatever. And he admitted she was short with him. She didn't really seem like she was like, Oh, thanks. And it's not like keeping the conversation going. So I didn't really do much then. And so I like that he already clearly showed interest before she was bachelorette. Um, and apparently he was also there a lot sooner than the show let him on to be. I don't know if that was Katie's decision, if she really needed time to think about it, but apparently he was there by like week two. Um, so he, he did try to come on sooner. I think that was all the producers. I bet he would have even come on like first day, but the producers were like, no. Yeah, we need, we need this element of somebody yeah. coming in to cause drama. And I think, yeah. yes, correct, correct. Yeah, because they, they, they allude to that in the show where they're like, yeah, I've been here a while. <laughs> right right no he definitely had been there a while because even she said whenever she she's like sorry i made you wait so long he's like oh right. it's all right it's like dude had been up for at least a week and uh past nick vial who was there on the um the date with all boys all had their confessions and stuff yeah he had admitted blake was already there like he's been there guys so he didn't just try to come in halfway through the season he was actually really trying to to go after her sooner um, and I agree that Tasha respects him. And I think that says a lot. Uh, and that's probably why Katie even liked him more. But I thought, I love that she went ahead and had the first date with him. Well, I, that's, it's, um, that's the correct thing to do. It's the yeah. logical thing to do because you've already established a relationship with everybody. Somebody comes in, you want to seek it out. So do it right away mm-hmm. so you can get rid of them right, uh, or keep them. Exactly. And so you can move on. Yeah, exactly. Totally made sense. But when their date, honestly, I was like, this is the best date I've seen from Katie with any of the guys. Um, not just, you know, she had a great emotional date with Greg with they bonded with their uh, dad's deaths and stuff. But right. what she has with Blake is such a natural chemistry. It's very easy. It's the same kind of comfortability and the way they ask questions Blake asks such good questions specific to her Mm -hmm. he doesn't ask the like generic interview questions you may be asked on a date it's very like and and maybe that's something that's how he goes about dating because I know he had made sure he knew as much as he could about Claire but like he he yeah they're very much specific towards Katie he really listens and it's like the whole date, the whole date he was asking questions You're like, well, what do you like about this? And like, what do you like this? And it was, I, I really enjoyed that. And they were just vibing off each other easily. They were totally like sexual chemistry was great too. Um, it's interesting that you don't think Blake is, you just think that he's like top six or something. I think Blake is top two, maybe winner. 
Whoa, man. Wow, you're going that far. Okay. I think he's the best connection with her and her best match. Um, right, right. Guys. Like the, the person, because there are so many great guys. I would say there's one other guy that I would think is a really good match for her, but I think it's a little bit easier with Blake than the other guy. Okay. I, I, I can, I can, I can see that. Um, I want to talk about what you think of Aaron. <laughs> because I like Aaron but you like him but yeah let me let me finish let me finish let me finish i like aaron enough however i don't know why she's kept him around because he doesn't seem to have a comedic personality he seems very serious and if you cross him or do something wrong that he doesn't like he goes to 100% to make you his mortal nemesis mm-hmm. enemy and it's been that way with Almost like all the guys that have been out the house, like he just gets so upset about it. And I think there's a good dude in there. I just, he's, he's so serious. He's not having a good time. It looks like I don't get it. I think he, I tried to give him, I tried to cut him some slack after the Cody thing, because I was like, okay, all right, respect, man. You, you really didn't see something right with this Cody guy. You sent him home and now you're, you're fine. You're going to let it go. And then I realized, oh, I see what you do here. You just keep sniffing out who's the next person you're not going to like and that you can bitch <laughs> about and that you can be like, uh, hey, Katie, I don't, this guy's no good. Or, or, you know, get the house to rally behind you and be like, isn't he horrible? We need to get him out of here. So like, that's his MO. Like, I just feel like that's all he does. He doesn't just like have a good time and enjoy Katie. He's just... Who do I not like next? Carl, I don't like you. I don't like you, uh, Thomas. Now I don't like Hunter. And I promise you, if Hunter leaves, he would pick someone else new. Yeah. No, it's weird. It's weird. It's, uh, I, I, I still, I think there's a good dude deep down inside Aaron, but man, he's just, oh, he's so serious. Why? So serious yeah, type of thing. I- I think you're right. I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't think he's, he's not like a mean person, but he's taking that role on. Like, I think, and maybe that was a little bit because Katie's like, I trust you. I, I you know, you're and now he's decided to be like, yes, I'm her looking out for her and like, right. I'm going to make sure there's no bad guys. And are you shocked to still see the Virgin in there? Uh, no, no, because he's well, you know, he's attractive and he's sweet. And I don't, I don't think he'll, he's not even top four. It's nothing to do with the fact that he's a virgin though. I think it's just his personality is very timid and quiet and just a little too calm. Like, I don't know if Katie really is going to vibe with even just the personality. Right. Right. No, it's interesting. I don't think she really would care that he's a virgin, honestly. Well, maybe, maybe not, maybe so. It's, it, it's interesting. It's interesting that they did. Oh, I know why they did that, but I guess good for them. Um, so my my top three right now that I like. Are you doing your top three? Okay. Yeah, I'll do top three right now. Right. So I really like Michael. I just, that dude just gets it. Like he's a good dude. Unfortunately, I mean, I want him to win. 
However, it's not going to happen. Just, I just, I mean, maybe it will happen, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Um, I just, it looks like he might go home because he wants to go home to his son and he's not over the loss of his previous wife. And also, I don't know if that's something Katie wants to deal with. She said she, she would and does, but I know there's a real connection there. Yeah. I also like Greg. Um, and it's clear that she really likes Greg too. Uh, maybe Greg is too shy or too, I don't know, but I like Greg a lot. And I also like Connor B and his open shirts. It's just strange. I like Connor B. Um, he seems like a fun dude. He's cool. Uh, but I don't, these are my top three. These are my favorites. Um, do I think they're going to win? I don't know. These are the three that I would hope to win. Um, I thought I liked Andrew S, but after their date, he just didn't seem that much fun or great, but she seemed to like him. I don't know. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's me. Actually, I liked Courtney better, but he went home. So, um, what else? I get that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did. A lot of people liked him, and I'm like, "What did he do? <laughs> he didn't do anything." Right, and then um, and I and I really like. I do like Blake a lot. Um, yeah. I do like Blake. Um, and then yeah, th- those are those are the guys so far. And 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 I like Trey. I think Trey. Uh, Trey, I like Trey. Trey needs to settle settle down i think he's very nervous about this whole situation it looks like he talks fast he's he's got a lot of energy he's like oh settle settle trey settle because i like trey um so yeah that's uh that's where i'm at right now what about you oh oh, and and i like box guy uh james like box guy i like box guy Uh, hair gel and all (laughs) hair gel and all Come on, Brian. Why? What does he even do? He doesn't do anything either. I, I think there's something there, but maybe not. But what about you? Who 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 do you pick? You you're the expert here. I am the expert. You are right. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay. That was wonderful, by the way. (laughs) I I am the expert here. Well, I do think it's just funny because there's some things that you say, Brian, because you are just like, oh, Brian, I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think that's going to happen. But um, I will say what I did used to like Trey a lot, but he has like pretty much like gone off my top six. Even he just has been a little too wrapped up in the drama and not enough about Katie definitely don't care for box guy he can just go home now um, <laughs> he's not doing anything katie's not even gonna remember his name by the end of this season um and i would say so i i agree with you i love michael a i think michael a is a wonderful guy he i love his outlook on life um he's so positive like everything's great about it and I truly believe they have a great connection that is one of the guys that she says she could see herself ending up with at this and I I I could see it except for the fact that I don't know if it's too early because of his wife's death that was I mean it's not you know 2019 is not that long ago and um mostly his son I'm worried he's going to eliminate himself to go be with his son 
Hold that's on. what they kind of allude to in the preview. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that's what triggers her being so upset. Cause I could see she does have a strong enough connection because if, if he doesn't eliminate himself, he's easily top four material, but I don't know. Like, you know, and it could get scary because top four is hometowns and maybe there's a part of him that's like, I don't know if I'm ready for you to meet my son, all that stuff. So I don't know if he's going to make it to top four, but he is in my top four because I do really like him. And, but I just worry he's going to, he's going to self-eliminate. And then I really like Andrew S. I wasn't as crazy about him, but there was a shift for me whenever he was telling the guys why can't y'all just worry about your own relationships? Why do y'all have to get involved? Like just Katie is smart. She, you know, like she'll figure it out. And I actually really liked their date. I thought the conversations they had, especially about race and mixed children. Like I thought that was, I never even thought about that. And I thought that was, it was good. And I think they do have a, they have a fun time and Katie definitely likes him. She's super attracted to him. And uh, I feel like she's attracted to all of them though. (laughs) I think there's some she's more attracted to than others. She thinks the only thing I don't like about Andrew S is I don't like that British accent. I wish he would stop doing it and never do it again. Yeah. It's a fake thing, right? It's a fake thing that for some reason she finds sexy when he does it. I'm like an accent is sexy when it's real. It's not sexy when a guy is faking it. It's weird. Tom Haverford did that on Parks and Rec for that doctor remember that yes he just started doing a british accent right right and that's it's just weird it's just weird so yeah anyway yeah so uh, that's the only thing i don't like about when he does that but i do like him i think he seemed just like a really good dude and that is someone i could actually and they have like they have similar upbringings i guess um that is just someone i, I that's actually my guy that i think i could see her with besides blake but i don't think andrew pick him. yeah i actually wow. think andrew is gonna be maybe top three maybe top three whoa um, okay holy shit definitely top four well Easily. where's greg where's greg in this i'm gonna get there okay. easily so he's so great so andrew s is in my top four <laughs> definitely her top four but possibly top three uh, By the way, for those who are listening that can't see, um, Susan has like a pen, like a pointer as she's like at a chalkboard, like <laughs> tapping the chalkboard of these names. It's really great. <laughs> I'm getting real serious right now. Uh, Greg is in my top four as well. I think that he will be in her top two if he doesn't self-eliminate i don't know what's going on they tease these you know they're so good with editing they make us think like he wants to go home i don't know but uh greg the moment she said it reminded him of her reminded her of his, her ex-boyfriend i was like oh ooh. but the the connection to the dad i did think it was funny when she said that you have like this sad puppy dog face because i was like oh yeah oh, and he God. was like yeah and he's like yes. what <laughs> yeah because that's what he looks like he just looks like he just sits there and he just looks like well, that's why I, I've said like like he's he looks or seems shy and very, you know, kind of like like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Like, you know, he's very Eeyore vibes. And like honestly, their date, I kid you not, that whole date until he admitted that his dad passed away too. I was like, this guy is offering nothing. He's so boring. There's, what is he doing? He's not speaking. He's not doing anything. And then I got it. And I I think he's opening up a little bit more, but I don't know what it is. I like, I would not be able to date his personality. It's just a little too, 
like well, when, when he was it. playing that that rugby basketball game he like he came out of a shell it looked like and even katie yeah. said something like whoa who's this guy yeah <laughs> yeah and he he looks like he's growing and i mean she that's her that is a very strong front runner that guy yeah. could win but i also think I, I don't know. He's, he's in my top. That's who I think final two. I think it's going to be Blake and Greg. I mm-hmm. could be wrong, but that's what I see. I think they're the strongest connections. Uh, but obviously Blake is, I think Blake's my number one actually. And I think she should pick Blake, but those are my top four. I would like, I did used to really like Connor B, but he has slipped because he just hasn't gotten enough airtime. And if he plays another freaking song, I'm just. <laughs> He's the song and dance man. And I love that, like his open shirts. I'm like, I'm imagining his students watching this and like, oh my God, my teacher just has, you know, the open button down shirts all the time. That makes me laugh. He's, uh, he seems sweet it's it's fine he just seems a little like i don't know what what it is but when he's around her i feel like he's a little schoolboy with a crush on an older woman he is strange and the way he kisses her is so gross like he grabs her face brings it towards his and then sucks face it's so weird I do not like the way they kiss. I've noticed that too. Well, I think what he doesn't really have very much of a top lip either. (laughs) And so I don't know what's happening. It it looks very odd. It's not her, her best kisses are definitely with Blake, Greg and Andrew S. Michael, Michael's kisses are good too, but though that's why another reason I always, the, the number one thing to look at with uh, who's connecting is who's getting the good smooches. <laughs> no, it's just uh, good smooches. I just, okay. Say you're on the show and you're the bachelorette suits. And what if some dude just grabbed your head and face and brought it to the every time? I mean, if I liked him, I obviously wouldn't mind, but I think if Connor B was doing it all the time, I'd be like, all right, man, I don't know about you. <laughs> you and your cat thing. I don't know. I love cats, but I wouldn't have been attracted to a guy coming out in a cat costume. I don't love cats that much. That. <laughs> like, I'd be like, I'd be like, oh, okay. I'd rather, I like the normal. I told you my favorite uh, impression was Trey's. I thought Trey's was awesome. No, Trey's was, well, what was the balls in the truck? Yeah, right? yeah that I was like awesome. that. That was awesome. So who do you see winning? Number one. If I had to pick one, I pick Blake. What about you? Pick you? Blake. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I want it to be uh uh Michael. Oh, I just I don't think it's gonna if he was it's... if he stays, he has a strong chance. I just think he leaves. Yeah. So All you're right. sticking with Michael though? Right now I'm sticking with Michael. Like I want okay. Michael. I I really do like Blake. I just don't know if that's going to work. I don't know, but I, I do like Blake a lot. That's fair enough. And I mean, I like my, after Michael's date, I actually thought Michael, Michael was my number one. After Michael's date, I was like, he's who she should pick. I can see it. And then after this episode and the teaser, I was like, crap, he's probably gonna, but then Blake came in too. And I was just like, wow, this is something different. But, uh, right. but there was something like, I just feel like Michael's going to go home like on his own and she's going to be devastated. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. So, no, that was it was good. And it, it was good to hear Michael talk to the guys and the other guys get emotional yeah. about his story. That was cool. Mm-hmm. All right, Bachelorette. Um, we'll be updating. And hopefully 
we'll have a better schedule so we can talk about every episode or every couple episodes and not go four episodes. Yeah, yeah. We 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 got to do better about that. Yeah. So, uh, specifically since it's you know almost on its downswing of getting to hometowns and towards the finale. So right, right, we're at top twelve now. All right, moving on to our main event. We love you, The Bachelorette, ABC. Keep going, Katie. Keep going strong. We want you to be happy. Find love. Find find love, Katie. Find love. Do it. Don't let us down. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Our main event. um, Susan, take it away. All right. So in honor of my blind watch pick, uh, Spontaneous, we're going to be talking about final wishes. Um, You know, if if you thought that you were possibly going to spontaneously combust. Um, So I guess we'll start with if we were in that scenario that the movie is in and we had a very good chance of spontaneously combusting, what are the, what's basically your bucket list of what you would want to do before that, that would happen. So you can start, Uh, Brian. I mean, I would probably wake up early. I would order two dozen Boston cream donuts <laughs> and eat them. Um, I would probably want, I mean, to be cliche, I'd probably want to go see everybody you love, like good yeah. friends and family and just kind of have, you know, the moments with them. And then I would want to go to a record store one last time and, you know, look for records um, I would want to watch my favorite movie of all time, Army of Darkness, again. Um, and then I That's would your number one favorite movie of all time. Yes. Okay. I don't think I ever knew what your all time was. Cool. Army of Darkness. Um, and then I would most likely. I mean, part of me wants to like fucking rob a bank. Oh. Okay. Like I would love to just go rob a bank and get into thrills of thrill of that and then maybe take a helicopter to like a cool cliff or something like that or a skyscraper and just kind of look out over the world and then something like that that i think that that would be it all right what about you yeah i like your idea of waking up early because i part of me is like i just want to sleep but it's like i'm sleep when i'm dead um food would be a huge factor i'd want to make sure i'd probably throw some donuts in there i'd want to go to like a the so far for me the best steak i've ever had was probably at papa bros so i'd probably want to get like a steak from there and they're like cheesy scallops get some shake shack um some candy uh some good chips and salsa like queso all the things that i love as food like a buffet smorgasbord throughout the day of favorite foods i get that like yeah for sure i'd want to have some taco bell because that's my favorite like tacos oh Uh, my god it is it is i know what taco just the regular crunchy taco is like my favorite taco from taco bell oh my okay now i know now i know is delicious i love taco bell trevor doesn't like it too much but i love it um yeah i'd want to eat like all my favorite foods because who cares so i'm like gonna eat a ton and uh i'd want to see breakfast club 
uh, probably one more time at least. I'd love to, obviously I'd want to spend time with all my loved ones. Yeah. All my friends, Trevor, my family, try to see them as much. I'm trying to think like activity wise, if there's something I'd want to probably go to a movie theater, like see something in the theater and like probably let that be a really good theater experience. Kleiner seats and get like popcorn and soda and candy like go all out there and then um really it's hard to think of like activity activity stuff if there's any because I feel like I've done a lot and then I don't know if there's anything that I haven't done in because I don't feel like if I'm possibly going to spontaneously combust can't really have time to go travel you don't have you have to think quick you have to think like because you could spontaneously combust in that day so you have to think what's available to you so probably can't travel anywhere. I would just. Nothing like robbing a bank or doing something like that. I have no desire to rob a bank. I don't think I have a desire to rob a bank at all. I would maybe, I would definitely tell everybody how I feel about them, you know, like say like goodbyes, uh, just in case, like make sure they know how I feel. And I feel like. On the something- opposite of that, would you tell people you don't like how you feel? Or would you waste time on that? I probably would. Yeah, I don't think I would care enough to to do that. I don't know if there's anything. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I would just focus on the positive. And then I would um, feel like there's something I really enjoy doing that I would want to do. But hmm, maybe I think that's it. Like, I really think I would want to focus on food and relaxing and uh, see, seeing loved ones and go to a movie theater. I feel like that's just always like the place that I want to be at. Susan wants really to go- eat and watch movies. Which is what I do already. It's, just, it's really hard. Well, it's hard because like the bucket list, if I, if I had the time, I'd want to travel to places, you know, I'd want to go to like, I've always wanted to go to Vail, Colorado. I want to go to um you know my friend just went to lake tahoe i'd love to go to lake tahoe i want to go to the places i've never been before that's mostly what i would love but maybe if i could find a ferris wheel around here i love ferris wheels probably take a ride on that oh my god and spontaneously combust on a ferris wheel at the top and just everybody gets drenched in susan that's probably yeah (laughs) that's how i'd go that's how you'd go and on top of a building or cliff and everybody would they'd have to have window washers. Yeah. Sweet. And a uh, little, little gooey and sinister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, well, I guess the next thing we had was uh, what would you want to see that hasn't come out yet? Uh, either real or fake before combusting. I guess we can start with it, what movies, I guess, first. What movies? Yeah, before you on TV shows. So movies, it's always been said that Quentin Tarantino wants to do Kill Bill Volume 3. And I really want to see that happen. Um, Also, Stanley Kubrick is my favorite filmmaker. And he's passed away. But the movie he never got to make was a movie about Napoleon Bonaparte called Napoleon and I would hope I would get to see that done by a certain director um, and see his vision come to life and then also um, a really great movie that came out more than a decade ago called District 9 about aliens uh, 
in the movie, it says they were coming back in three years to save the main character. Um, been 10, 11 years, still haven't gotten that District 9 <laughs> sequel. Yeah. Are those all of them? Uh, th- those are my movies right now. All right. Those are good. Those are good. Uh, did you have any fake ones that you, oh, I guess you did say if, if they, if those are, I guess those kind of, those possibility what ifs. Um, I guess, honestly, for me, I don't really know of any like fake ones. I know they always talk about the possibility, if, if there was ever, not that I would want to see somebody try to redo the breakfast club, but like, I, I not that I would want that, but if they did, I'd want to see what they do to it, like a reboot or anything. Um, but for the most part, I would want to see all these like upcoming Marvel films that I'm so excited about, like, uh, uh, Shang-Chi and the Hawkeye, uh, that's a series. Yeah. Right? I want to, I want to see Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I want to yeah, see 4. <laughs> I want to see the Eternals. Um, I want to see Spider-Man, No Way Home. Um, what else is there? That they show that trailer for what if I want to see that. Oh, so I mean, yeah, I know that some of those are TV shows, so I'm trying to Miss Marvel. Is that a TV show or gonna be a movie? Right? I think it's gonna be a movie. Yeah, yeah, those are I'm really excited for those. Like, I'd I'd want to see all that as far as like the upcoming year. Um I'm even excited for that new David Lowry film. Was it The Green Knight? Is that the Green Knight, yes. Yeah, yeah. So all these like all these movies, I'd want to. I, I would be. I would love to make sure to see those. Right, and I'm all, and I would like to see. Um, I'm always wanting to see a new Chucky movie, so I'm always mm-hmm. excited when those come out. And then I've been dying for a a new Friday Thirteenth movie reboot or sequel. So I'm definitely want to look forward to that and in addition to that uh any trey parker and matt stone movie that they want to do next i'm all in uh because every one of their movies is amazing and they haven't made one in a long time so hopefully yeah on the yeah and on the i i actually really hope I really love Mindy Kaling and I love, I want to see more of her movies. I know that she's got quite a bit of series, but I want to see more of her films because I think what she can do with even just a film, like I really liked her film late night. I love her writing and I feel she's got some like great romantic comedy in her that she could just, that could, you know, like the next big sick or uh even crazy rich asians whatever it is something that's just going to really uh stand out and i would love to see that interested i I like mindy kaling i like her um i'm trying to think of what else that i would really love to see um yeah i guess that would those would be it for movies Mm -hmm. i mean yes i would like mel brooks to do space balls too uh I mean, I would love to see that. I don't know if they would hold up today. No, it definitely would. Spaceballs is still great. And they have the prequels and the new ones and the Mandalorian to make fun of. And it would be amazing. I guess we'll, we would have to see because I'd be nervous. Like some of because I've I love the old spoof films, but those new I get nervous when I think about, you know, like epic movie and uh meet the spartans or whatever those crappy ones those, those... Black was really funny <laughs> uh, that was good that one was better that one was better but 
But yeah. Mel Brooks hasn't made a bad movie, so I would think he would do it. But again, he's 95, so it's not going to happen. Right, right. Well, what about TV shows? Well, of course, Freaks and Geeks season two. I mean, even if it's like set, you know, you know, present day when they're all older, but they're all still hanging out. Or they can get a new batch of people and do a second season of a different high school with different freaks and geeks. I just want a new freaks and geeks show. I mean, mm-hmm. I know technically, I mean, that you will never get that cast again because they're all, I mean, pretty much all of them are, <laughs> you know, it, it would be the most expensive show to get them to come back for because they're all right, huge They're very now. famous now, a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, no, I think most, if not all of them are. Um, and then there was a show on HBO that only lasted one season. It was called John from Cincinnati. And it was so good. It was dramatic. It was about surfing and it had a, a science fiction element to it. And it was, characters were excellent. It was so good. And they ended it after a season. I don't know why. It was, it was great. Um, I really liked that. And then I would actually like to see a Boston legal reunion show as well um if i could get uh, i love boston legal for those of you who don't know boston legal is a show that all-star cast of james spader and um uh, candace bergen and william shatner amongst many others and it's uh it's basically like the show scrubs but mm-hmm. instead of doctors it's lawyers and it's really funny it's really great um I mean, it had like, it had five seasons, um, but I would just love to see them all come back because it was such a good show and great cast. Okay, yeah. What about you? I actually agree with you on the Freaks and Geeks. Um, I really enjoyed that show. And I thought that, uh, I remember thinking I couldn't believe it ended the way it did. But also I really was always wondering if Linda Cardellini's character was going to end up with James Franco, because I really thought if there was ever an in-game goal, I thought their character should have ended up together. <laughs> I was all, like, I get why she was dating like Jason Siegel's character, but I thought ultimately it would have been cooler if she ended up with uh, James Franco. I don't know how you felt about that. I mean, I think that's what you wanted to think, but I don't think Kim or... Um, what's her name? Linda Cardellini's character mm-hmm. would end up with any, any of those guys. That, I think, yeah, yeah, that's true. I think, uh, Lindsay and Kim were destined to become best friends and they were going to, Lindsay was going to, you know, come more out of her shell like she did. And Kim would become smarter. And I love the fact that Daniel Desario, James Franco's character be- came really great at D and D and kind of went that route. That was just really awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it ended perfectly. Yes. Of course you want more from that show. Cause it was just so good, but um, yeah, I think in high school you want Linda and Daniel to be together, but I think they were destined for greater things. You're right. She could have ended up with no one. That's true. I just didn't think she was a good match with Nick. That was the one like I just I never believed it was very awkward. (laughs) It was a very forced, weird relationship. And he was way more invested than she was. And so I was always like, "Mm, this is really not who she should be with. But I mean, that that was a very true part of growing up. Like, yeah, and then, you know, 
Lady L, that song he made for her. And it's just like so awkward and weird. And he never got over her, really. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's very believable. But yeah, I wouldn't mind. But I would want the same cast. I'd want like a like where they are now kind of thing, which I know is not going to happen because, yeah, they're insanely famous. But yeah, and you can't have James Franco in anything right now. So yeah, you can't even have him in anything either anyway. So yeah, no names. Attached. Daniel died in a war. <laughs> I'll just yeah, say that. Be- he would be killed off so definitely there's no point of that but uh i've only started the first two episodes of um never have i ever and uh i would i would want to finish that because i love that (laughs) show as i said i love mindy kaling and i just think that is an incredible show um but i also um i would want to see the new season of ted lasso i know we have six episodes now in our thing um we're i'm waiting for it to build up so we can like hardcore binge it and i just want to say susan i've watched the six episodes of ted lasso it jesus christ i didn't think it could possibly be better than that first season but it's better than that first season and it's like maybe there's a Christmas episode in this second season, and it might be the best Christmas episode out of any television show. Oh my God, I can't wait to watch. Like, I seriously <laughs> love Ted Lasso so much. He's probably in my all-time favorite characters, like television characters. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I can't wait to watch that. So I definitely would want to see the entire season. Um, and, I, and I've read they're only doing three seasons of it. Yeah, they're only doing three, which I think is great. Don't drag your feet. Don't make a show. Like, go into a series thinking this is when it's going to end. Like, like just, I don't know. I just hate when shows um, lose their, when you can see the stretch marks in a show. Right, no, it happened with Lost. It happened with X-Files. It's happened with a lot of shows. So many shows. But, like, with Breaking Bad, you had, like, five great seasons. It was a start and end. I just, with Ted Lasso, I want, I want at least five seasons, like, Yes, if he goes to another soccer team, if he goes to another team, I just want this character in my life with new content forever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm all for a three, three seasons, but you never know what's going to happen. They say three seasons, and they could try to go for more. But on that, that's another reason I, I, I want to see Stranger Things season four. I love that they were going to do four seasons and a movie. Um, I want to see all that. So we'll make sure that that happens. And, but I don't know how they're going to do that because the kids are. They're, they're fucking old women and men now. Yeah. Like, I don't know how that's going to look. I'm very interested. Like, I hope they did some, I don't know what they did, but yeah. Stranger things. Um, oh gosh. What other shows? I guess if they ever do some kind of uh well, there was a show called Popular that I watched and they canceled it after like season, shoot, I don't even know how many seasons. I always wanted them to get another season, but I don't think I'd want to see that right now anyway. So it was one that I was just really like sad that it, it like ended on a cliffhanger and they got canceled. But I think those are the main shows though. Sweet deal. I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, those are, that, that's our, that's our main event. That's, those are the movies and television shows we would want to see fake or real before we would spontaneously combust. These are the, the elements. Uh, oh, and, and to, to, to wrap this up, 
How much time, if you had the day, if you were to spontaneously combust within the day or two, how much time would we give each other <laughs> to like, you know, say- Oh, like you and I? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, Would it be like know. five minutes? Would it be an hour? Would we watch a movie together and then be on our way? What, what would that be? I, I have no idea. I feel like it need to be like, again, it's like about the, the distance. So I'd be like, unless we're meeting up you're either you're either on like my journey of like my food tour or something (laughs) or uh i don't know maybe an hour yeah all right all right that'd be fun i i would hopefully you know we would be in a theater and you would get to hear me ask the question Is this a true story? Yes. yes. Right. Well, there you go. Yeah. You come to the movie. There we go. Then we got like two hours. <laughs> and then that would happen. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Um, well, then let's move on to our blind watch. Our yes. blind watch um, is a movie. It was Susan's pick. The movie is called Spontaneous. It was released last year during the pandemic of 2020, uh, released right uh, towards um, Halloween time um, on October 2nd through Paramount Pictures. It is directed by Brian Duffield, which this is his first, this movie Spontaneous, his first feature film. Um, it's interesting about it because previous, he's a writer. This was his first movie he directed, but he also wrote it. But the pr- movies he wrote previously, I did not like whatsoever, including um, the Divergent series, Insurgent, and Underwater, um, which I did not like either. But this movie is a little different. Um, it has a great cast of Katherine Lankford, Charlie Plummer, Haley Law, Rob Hubel, Piper Paraboo. Uh, pretty, pretty excellent. So Susan picked this out. And Susan, please take this away. Why'd you pick it? What'd you think? What's it about? Talk, talk, t- tell everybody about this movie. Honestly, I had seen a trailer for it like a while back and I was like, what is this movie? <laughs> it looked really weird. And honestly, at first when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is probably stupid. But I kept seeing it's really high score on Rotten Tomato. It was very high, really great reviews. And I like uh, those two leads. I like uh, Catherine and Charlie. And I was just really intrigued by the story. There was a part of me that thought it was just going to be terrible, but I also thought exploding heads. I was like, well, Brian might get a kick out of it. How to, <laughs> and, uh, and I also like a good love story. So it really, I didn't know what to expect. I did not have uh, high expectations going in. I was worried I wasn't going to like it, but that was a real joy the whole way through. And as I told you before, that is now my favorite blind watch that we have seen knocking Geek Charming out. And I'm going to say that this is right up there with Ricky O. Uh, this is probably the best blind pick we have chosen. Like it is, it's so good. So good. It's so good. Spontaneous. It's on Hulu. Go down to your nearest your Hulu. Nearest Hulu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's just like, I don't know. It has everything in there. It's in the, in the first, too. right. In the first 45 seconds of the movie, you're going to know what it's about. Yeah. And it's, it's a romantic teenage high school com- comedy, drama, horror type of movie. And 
but it's written extremely well. It's yeah. very smart. Um, and there's a ton of great movie references in it as the characters talk about their favorite movies and their dialogue from the movies. Uh, but it also, it's about, you know, people in high school and then people in high school spontaneously combusting, like just blowing up, just like there's their clothes don't blow up. It's just their body that blows up blood and guts go everywhere. And it, happens once and then as the main character narrates or looks at the camera tells you it happened a lot and so throughout the movie these students are spontaneously combusting everybody's trying to figure out why how they're going to survive what's going to happen and at the core of the story this girl and this guy have a crush on each other and they develop this really amazing relationship and like, how do you seize the day? How do you carpe diem the rest of your life? How do you go about rid of the rest of life where literally at any second you could blow up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is sad. Like there are some genuinely emotional moments in this movie and it tackles grief and loss and death and how you move on and grieve. Like, I don't know. It's, I loved it. No, it, it was weird because as I was watching it, I was feeling like reminiscent of the film Fault in Our Stars. Like that's the kind of like moments you feel like kind of not that they, you know, they don't have cancer, but there's people that have like, uh, it, you know, they're it's funny because they, they're a ticking time bomb. And that was a line in Fault in Our Stars. It's like I'm a ticking time bomb. And that's what these people are for real. So it's just, it's sad that these parents, it's sad when you see what it does to the parents. Like that really gets me because these parents are just losing their kids. They don't know what's happening. They're just exploding. Um, Yeah. And I mean, ultimately the film is trying to tell you live, live life to the fullest. Don't waste any days. And that's why Charlie Plummer's character even admits his crush to uh, Catherine Langford. Like he's, that once that happens, he's like, I don't want to like not tell you how I feel. And, um, you know, it's, it, there's so much more to it than probably even how we're describing it. If you watch, but it's very, it's much more unique than even the, the premise sounds. Right. Right. There is. And it's a perfect blend of that comedy and horror and drama that goes very well together. And like I said, for a high school movie, for movie of this caliber it is very witty and smartly written um and i just couldn't get enough of it like it's and then there's a sequence in the movie where it is full out on horror like and that i mean it's it's a scene in the high school where a lot of people start blowing up and it is truly terrifying yes and it's really well done and well, well shot. Um, I just can't believe the p- person who wrote Underwater and Divergent Insurgent <laughs> did this. It just doesn't make sense to me. That is shocking because that is literally the worst Divergent <laughs> to <laughs> uh, the the other ones were. Uh, wait, Insurgent? Well, actually, wait. Is Insurgent the second or third one? Oh, I, I don't remember. <laughs> the, all of the Divergent movies are not good. So I like the first one. I like the first one, but. Uh, either way uh, underwater I hated with a passion though so I am shocked that he wrote it but yeah there which I mean speaking on that do you have a favorite scene from the movie um I 
I, I really, I mean, I just really love the character banter of uh, Langford's character through everything. But there's like a lot of little scenes. Like I love, um, I really loved her birthday present to him and Valentine's present to him, taking him to the barn to dance. I love the scene, like the little montage scene of all the kids in quarantine and them being asked questions. Like, are you mad right now? Fuck yeah, I'm mad. I'm pissed right now. You know, like, I love that. I love the scene where her and her best friend are at the diner and they won't, they're not being served and them having to come to terms with having to find something new. I thought that was pretty good. And then I love the scene on the gravestone. That was pretty powerful too. Yeah. Um, I, I love that. And of course that real horrific scene in the high school, you know, that was pretty well done. I like that. What about you? I was actually going to say that scene in the high school, even though it is like, so like it's, it, it, takes you to like a fear like I don't know if it's because they're trapped in a high school but it almost feels like and you know there's even a point where a parent says like I thought we thought there was a school shooter like it feels like a school shooting like there's something about it just feels so I don't know like it's just terrifying but so well done and like there's a character that that you didn't see coming that combusts and uh yeah, something all in that scene, I would, that would, I would say. But I also agree with you, too, that just her banter alone, she was so damn good in this movie. Like, that was her yeah. best role, hands down. Just And then there's, like, a scene that she has with her parents where she's just, she just, like, tells them, like, oh, well, like, I'm going to explode. And she says something. I can't remember what it was exactly she said, but it was, like, really, like, horrifying for the parents to think, and they just start crying and yeah i will explode and possibly in front of you you oh that's what it was possibly all over you you. yeah yeah in front of you and all over you and they just like like it's funny but it's also mortifying like like you're just like as a parent who would have to like hear that is just like like their reaction was so good like you're just like yeah that's how i probably would be so yeah i think those are my favorites yeah no those were really good no there's so many like so many scenes in that movie are great. Mm-hmm. Really loved it. Um, yeah, and yeah, Brian, look this up. It's it's on Hulu. It's a great cast, great screenplay. It's just, it's it's wonderful. Please, yeah, yeah. It was released originally um, on video on demand, but now it's on Hulu. And please check it out. There, it's ninety eight percent right now. Like it's yeah, it's. I mean, there's a reason why it's so well reviewed. There are no bad scenes. I just clearly the way we're gushing on it we recommend it so right right make sure you watch this one and it's a great uh great score great song um yeah great song the scores by joseph trapanese we've had him on the podcast before um joe trapanese uh is the composer for movies like um like like tron legacy with daft punk the raid oblivion earth to echo um he did he's he's done a lot so mm-hmm. please check him out um the score is good the song choices are good they, there's a great cover song uh by a band i think called tampa and it's um oh what's that song the 
it's it plays out slowly first um i'm trying to remember what it's called uh bye bye love um they 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 there's a cover of that song bye bye love bye bye sweet um there's a really creepy version of that and kind of hard rock version of that called by a band named Tampa it's excellent please download uh. that it's really good really good so uh yeah that's our blind watch uh it's going to be tough yeah. to top that one <laughs> kudos to will. Susan i mean Rickio too might do it, but we no. don't know. <laughs> no. Rickio is nowhere near the best. That's all Brian that thinks that, but yeah, this we've... is definitely the the best one we've had. And I think it's I think part of it too is it's a combination of the two things that we both love. So it kind of was like our. I mean, though I was really surprised how much you liked Geek Charming. I did like Rick Geek Charming. Yeah, that was shocking. I really fully expected you to just be like shitting on it the whole way through. <laughs> Susan is constantly surprised by my, I guess, the things that I like or don't yes. like. <laughs> well, I've said this before, you're inconsistent. So I'm not sure what's what you're going to like. <laughs> I'm consistently inconsistent. Yep. <laughs> So yeah, that's our blind watch. It'll be my turn next time. I am really going to try to step it up. I mean, Killing Gunther was actually really good. That was fun. Yeah, it was a good movie. Didn't expect to enjoy that as much as I did. Um, Same. It was good, but man, yeah. Uh, Spontaneous is amazing. Go mm -hmm. see it. I just only wish that had gotten a big release in a theater and been in a theater with a full crowd to watch that. Yeah, that would have been a fun press screening for sure. Yes. Um, all right. Now we're on to our last segment, which is our honorable mentions, the movies that have come out that we've seen, TV shows that come out that we want to see. The first, of course, the big one that came out today as we're doing this podcast, uh, Black Widow. This is the the Marvel movie we've been wanting, the MCU based on Scarlett Johansson's character, Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff. Um, this has been in the works for several years. Finally got her own movie. COVID, the pandemic screwed it up. Um, but now it's out in theaters. It's out on Disney Plus, Black Widow. Susan, what'd you think? I really enjoyed it. I know that it is not the typical like Marvel film as far as it's not quite as action packed and it's it's a it's a much more simpler storyline because they're focusing more on family and uh, Natasha just as a character and giving her um, more depth, I guess. I mean, we already, I think she had depth, but really getting to know her and understand her where she came from, how she, who like raised her. Uh, and then also uh, Florence Pugh, who plays her, you know, fake sister. She's phenomenal. I think they really, she, I mean, I hate to say it, but I, I do think she kind of like just stole the show. Uh, she's just so good. David Harbour is fantastic comic relief. And Rachel Weiss is, of course, she's she's great in it too. But I think the standouts are probably uh, Florence Pugh and David Harbour. Right. I extremely love the movie. Um, 
I love the action. The action was amazing. The set pieces were great. The family dynamic was amazing and coming to terms with that. And, you know, like this is Scarlett Johansson's movie. However, we know, I mean, she dies. Like we, this yeah. takes place right after Civil War. So we know her fate going into it after Endgame that she's dead. So there's a definite, you know, baton toss to, um, what's her name? Uh, Florence Pugh. Yeah. And she's amazing in it. And, but it, in the past MCU movies, we only get, I would say, maybe what, between five and 10 minutes of actual Natasha throughout the movies, if that. And so, yes, her character's great, but it was not always about her. Like they, we see her, we hear about her past, but we never see it. And this movie really brought it to it and david harbour i mean he is a conquer relief but he also has some great dramatic moments too and i really enjoyed that about it rachel vice like is just always great and you never see what's coming between them but yeah no i i really loved it i like you know how they made fun of her they made fun of the avengers you know like that was great i love that david harbour's character just like just wants to be captain america (laughs) and it just it was great and does he ever talk about me (laughs) yeah does does he ever talk about me no no the (laughs) the action was amazing i loved seeing like i love seeing the heroes get beat up and then really have to fight for it and you see that in this movie and it was just really it's really cool like i i really enjoyed it i'd watch it again Mm -hmm. um i have no idea where it ranks in the mcu because i mean there's like 24 films Uh, now or i don't know if it's gonna rank very high in the mcu or reverse but it's it's very it's solid it's it's i loved it i loved it you would put it like high in like your top 10 i don't know i have to go back i did before end game i did a ranking of them all of them what was oh, your yeah. number one it's a good question you know i'd have to go back one? i'd have to go back and look um it's 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 on highdefdigest.com if you look up like mcu high def digest you'll see the ranking list mm. um but yo, know, yeah black widow is great i yeah, love it i really liked it um let's talk about zola a brand new indie film uh that came out and it is a batshit story that's true based on a series of tweets from uh, exotic dancers uh, over the course of a weekend. Um, and it's nuts, but the, the movie is pretty good. Like, it's not my favorite movie, but the way the movie is made is like amazing. And the yeah. characters are really good. Um, it's not something I don't think I'd watch again, but... I, it's, it's a fascinating story of these characters and some you some you like don't like off the bat. And then you're like, oh, I kind of like these by the end. Like they have a little bit of redeeming quality, but you know, it's a crazy movie. Like it, it's, it's about uh, this true story about this exotic dancer who meets this other exotic dancer and they become friends. And over the course of like a day, one invites the other to go on a weekend trip to Florida. And it turns out like they're going to be call girls, going to be escorts with a pimp. And it just gets crazy. And I guess this lady 
over the series of this weekend tweeted like 150 times what was happening. Mm -hmm. And that movie is based off that. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I fully went into it expecting to hate it um, because I didn't think there's any way I was going to like that movie, but I did not hate it. When I started it, I was definitely like, what the hell is this? Like, because they, you know, they're reading the lines are, you know, these tweets and it feels very like almost Shakespearean. Like it's, you know, there's something off with the dialogue. Like this is not how normal people talk. And it's like, what is, why are they sounding like this? So it takes a while to adjust, but it's very hypnotizing. Like you're just kind of, you're like, like, I mean, me throughout the movie, I was just like, I was like my face. I was just very like, huh. Yeah, it's like a train wreck, but you can't look away. You're just like, oh my goodness. Yeah, that's how I described it in my uh, review is that it's like, it's like watching a a car crash unfold, like from the beginning of the car crash to like the end of it. But you, and you know, it's like disturbing, but you can't look away. And it's like haunting afterwards because there are some pretty just like disturbing scenes that stay with you. And, um, I mean, once the movie gets going, especially when you find out what Zola has been tricked into, you're just like, oh shit, what is happening? And there's a sequence with, uh, Riley's character. I don't know how to say her last name. Kioff? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. In the hotel room that, that, that montage is just like. It's well shot, but you're like, when you actually think about what is happening, you're just like, this is gross. This is disgusting. Yeah. And uh, and then there's also like a scene that also stayed with me with um, Zola that I just don't, it's really icky. Like I feel bad for her. Um, so based on, but yeah, the performances, I think part of it is it's well shot and the performances are so damn good. Like, everyone in that cast like especially the the main four like are very uh strong strong actors so yes i was impressed i was really impressed with taylor page like i hadn't really seen her in much i know she was in ma rainey but she she was very uh just she was great obviously and uh coleman domingo was awesome coleman domingo was amazing yeah he was was great Scary. No, I like I liked everybody. Uh, it was good. Um, so yeah, Zola is out on demand. Um, also, there's a new uh, trilogy of movies on Netflix called Fear Street, based mm-hmm. off the more adult versions of R. L. Stein books called Fear Street. <laughs> this is not your typical goosebumps made for ten year olds. This yeah. is hardcore, rated R, sex, blood, guts, cursing movies and it's a trilogy called fear street about a witch the first one takes place in 1994 the second one takes place in the 1970s and the third one which will be released in two weeks will take place in the 1600s they're all interconnected uh fear street 1994 and 1976 so far i have enjoyed like they are a lot of fun a lot of great music gore cool story um I think they're a little long because they're about two hours each. I think they could shave off maybe 10 minutes of each. Um, oh man, these are solid horror movies for the summer. Like they're a lot of fun. They kind of bring out like those 80s slasher vibes to the table yeah. and they're pretty good. What about you? What do you think? 
Well, I, I haven't watched the second part, but I've heard it's not as good as the first part. I heard the first one's the best so far. Um, I'm excited to see the third as well, but I'm, I, I plan on watching the second tonight um, or at least this weekend, but I really enjoyed the first one. I thought the first one was great. It was very nostalgic um, to those like 80s slashers, I guess you could say. Um, and the cast is really good. For the most part, for the most part, the cast is good. It gives you vibes of Stranger Things. Did you not feel that at all? A little bit of Stranger Things, but like anything set in 80s or 90s might have that and with kids. But, you know, I dissociate with that. You know, I I just, it had that 90s feel like mid 90s. You know, I was 13, 14 at the time. Uh, and then the 1970s, I watched the 1970s one and it's it's good. Like it takes a little longer to get going because they kind of set up all the stuff at the camp because it kind of plays out like Friday the 13th in a way. Camp yeah. camp counselors at camp and that stereotypical, like there's the, you know, the mean kids and the nice kids and the camp counselors who are kind of mean. And, and then there's like a psychopath on the loose with an ax. Um, right. So it's good. Like I liked it. And once it gets going, it really gets going and it kind of dives more into and explores that whole witch aspect because these movies fear street it's uh based on a witch um from long ago who was cursed and burned and killed and now she has kind of possessed these people over time to mass murder people in this town and so in the first film you kind of get all of them up front you get this mass killer from the 70s with an axe you get this kid looking killer you get this young girl killer you get uh somebody else so there's like all these things coming to fruition in this second one in the 70s is all about this camp one and then when they go into the 1600s um i think it's going to be like that puritan kind of feel and even crazier so and then they'll probably round out like what they're going to do with the witch but no there's some scary moments there's funny moments like when you think R.L. sign, you think goosebumps. You're like, oh yeah, I can show my eight-year-old kid this. It's like a little scary, but you know, it's funny. Not Fear Street. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> no, this is not for kids. Yeah, this is for adults. Uh, and go R.L. Stein for doing, and I think it's the same uh, lady who's written and directed all of these so far. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah um so i like fear street um also on netflix i gotta mention the new uh little reality show called cats about people and their cats cat people yeah so you've probably seen viral videos of like the the rapper um who raps about his cats and like there was a viral video with him in the bathtub with his cat rapping with the little cat in the tub there one episode's about him uh, and then other things. And then dog season two is out, which is pretty good um, about uh, famous people and their dogs. Um, what else have I seen recently that I want to talk about? Yeah, uh, I guess those are the big things right now. Um, oh, I, I want to give a shout out to um, a movie called um, Hereafter. Um, it stars Christina Ricci and... Um, amongst other people, it's a really cool film that takes a really good concept um, about when you die in order to go to the next life or the afterlife or heaven, you have to have a soulmate. You have to find love. Mm. 
And so it explores that. And there's a lot of similarities to like the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze, where Mm -hmm. you're kind of stuck in this purgatory until you find love and trying to figure out like what you would do in that situation. But it's called Hereafter. Uh, Really cool. Um, The director of that is Harry Greenberger. Excellent dude. I had an interview with him. It's a cool movie. Uh, I recommend that. Um, and then Susan, I know I've seen this show and you're just started it. So I'm very excited to hear what you have to say about it. Yeah. I just started Schitt's Creek last week and Yay. almost done with season three. I'm just oh. uh, like binging through them. Yeah. It definitely, uh, season one is the weakest. Like it's not the, like it takes a while to get like good, uh, yeah, I can see it getting better and better as I'm watching, but I do like the characters. I think they're so funny. Um, I just, I love Eugene Levy. I just think in general, he's just, just him talking. He's so great. He's very it's, comforting. It's a very comforting, like, I don't know, maybe it's because he's forever Jim's dad to me. And I always loved that character, <laughs> but he's a very comforting character. So he's great. And I mean, so, I mean, his son well, is great though. Daniel Levy's awesome. Yeah. Dan Levy is great. Um, so you know, the first season, yeah, it takes a little bit, but like shows like Seinfeld took like till season three to get going. The Office, Parks and Rec took a season or so to get on their feet. And I remember in Schitt's Creek, the episode that really got to me was, I can't remember if it was the season finale or the season opener of season two, but it's where um, Eugene Levy and his family go to meet uh, for dinner like they're old friends. They're like real oh, high end snooty friends. And they bring in finale of season two, two and they bring in uh, Elliot, Chris Elliot and his wife. And they just realize how much better Chris Elliot, and his people are. And they and all end up dancing together. And I was like, yeah. man, that is like a beautiful heartwarming scene. Mm-hmm. And as the show goes on, there's more of that goodness to it and funny and it falls into itself. And I'm telling you, uh, Susan, by the last four or five episodes of Shit's Creek, it's going to be like six feet under type of greatness and waterworks. Like it wow. really, you're good. It's so good. <laughs> well, I'm excited. I really, I do. I, I love David, but I love the, I love Alexis too. I love the way she says Dave. She's like, David, <laughs> David. <laughs> I love the way she says David. I love her face whenever she's just like, yeah no she's so great so and, cute. and i love talking like um katherine o'hara's character oh, like it's a little baby i love the way she talks like i don't know how she does it but sometimes like she'll say things I'm just, how do you talk like that yeah it's a baby it's a baby dog <laughs> it's so good johnny how is it? it's like almost british but not like right is that accent it's, it's good. so great and dan levy's as i mean oh my goodness like his character just even gains more momentum and comes into i mean it's so great his character arcs and just like mm-hmm. how he goes through life in that show it's so great and I, Stevie is amazing. Like Stevie's every character is great. Every character is great. Um, yeah, no, I really, really like it. So I can't wait to like uh, finish it. I'm probably, like I said, I'm gonna try and power through it because I love, I love like hardcore binging shows and getting it done. That's why, I, that's why I was wanting to watch it once it finished 
so I can finish it all in one night or not, you know, quickly. Right. And, uh, I just, I have to add to that. I mentioned never have I ever, it, oh, it releases on Netflix on uh, July 15th. For people who haven't watched season one, watch it. I've watched it. That's whole season three times during quarantine. Love it that much. And so far season two is really good. So highly recommend. And as somebody who has seen the first six episodes of Ted Lasso season two, good God, it's like the best thing in the world. It's yeah, so good. And I'm not going to say anything there other than that there's a Christmas episode this season and it is and the best Christmas episode out of any show. And that comes out July 23rd, right? July, so it starts July 23rd. So each week you'll get a new episode, I think. Right, right, right. That's so, the one thing. You don't get it all at once. You got to wait week by week. Right, which sucks because they're 30 minute episodes and you're just like, I just want more. Yeah. But luckily in Susan and I's profession, we kind of, we, we, get, we get them. <laughs> well, I'm hoping the next three, when they send them, I don't, are they doing this like, because they gave us six. When's the next batch of them coming? So I would imagine in a week or two, okay. like, I think maybe it's like maybe a week awesome. and a half, 10 days, something like that. Yeah. So I, I hope they give us the next three. Cause I'm sure they're still editing because these, the, how we're seeing it is through our press accounts and they're not finished being edited, especially these episodes three through six. So there's a lot of green screen in the background and, you know, people aren't in the stands for the soccer games. So, but you hear it. So I still think they're doing it, but I mean, it's all there. It's, and it's so good. Yeah. Oh, I can't, I can't wait for you to watch it, Susan. Me too. Watch it now. Watch it now. <laughs> I'm okay with waiting because I will want to like binge it. Plus, I've got to watch Shit's Creek. I got to finish Never Have I Ever. I'm okay. There you are. You're good. You're good. And I want to so, watch Fear Street Part 2. So. There, yes, yes. Want to watch Fear Street Part 2. And also, for those who are, um, our last thing we'll mention, um, Atypical, the fourth and final season, came out today on Netflix. It's a great show on Netflix, Atypical, fourth and final season's all out. Um, but and that is No BS with Brian and Susan, episode 28. We're going to be back, hopefully, within the next 10 to 14 days for our next show. Coming up to our 30th, we are on iTunes, Spotify, not iTunes. We are on Apple Podcasts, Apple Music now, uh, Amazon, everywhere. Just type in No BS with Brian and Susan, and you'll come up. Subscribe, please. I'm Brian Kluger. Susan, where can everybody find you? Uh, uh, you know, you can find me on thischickswicks.com, ictn.tv, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. As I always say, just Google me. I'm there. Okay. Yes, do the same thing with me, Brian Kluger, Boomstick Comics, High Def Digest, Screen Rant, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. I'm on there. <laughs> Have a great weekend. We love you. No BS. Love you guys. Bye.